Well, let's welcome you back to this week in the association. I'm Rob Paneer, joined once again by my good buddy, Kevin Luco. And this week, Kevin and I are honored to welcome a first-time guest, the, the woman in charge of host families there for the Milwaukee Milkman, Cammie Sikarski. Cammie, thanks for joining us this week. Thank you for having me. Well, Cammie, let's first of all start with, I, I feel glad that you, you, when you came in and introduced yourself to Kevin and I here tonight uh, on the, before we started the broadcast, that we heard your name correctly. Because him and I were having a little debate last week about wanting to make sure we had it right. So I'm glad Sikarski, and, and we got it nailed down now. Yes, yes, the, yes, Sikarski is correct. <laughs> awesome. Well, let's first of all talk about how do you get involved in being the, the person in charge of host families? Well, it, I, I'll try and make a, you know, a long story short, but I had been following uh, on social media the Milkmen uh, um, when I knew that there was going to be this new team and because I wanted to be a host family. I, I was very interested in, you know, being a host family. And then the next thing I knew was that there was um, a call for um, a volunteer host family coordinator. And I thought immediately, that's right up my alley. I, I love to... Um, um, you know, I, I, I love the thought of putting these baseball players in homes. And, and so I, I wrote a, a, probably a longer um, resume um, than I should have for a volunteer position. But I started there and, and then met with, at the time, the GM. And uh, they gave me the job. And, and so I've been doing this since 2019, and the first year I had no idea what I was doing, but uh, got better um, as, as we've gone here. And, and now um, it's, it's, uh, it's, really, um, it's really rewarding. I look forward to starting to do that job every year, um, and I usually start around January, so it's coming up pretty quick here. Now, I know you've been following you Milwaukee point? sports for years upon years, and including teams, you know, like the Milwaukee Wave, Milwaukee Admirals. Did you have a chance to pick the brains of any of those folks that uh, may have been involved in some way with being host family for players for those teams? So, so interestingly enough, the, the Wave, um, they, do, they do not have host families um, league-wide. Um, that um, group is put in housing by the team, um, so apartments, um, hotels in some cases, whatever that may be. Um, but I really, the only person I did reach out to was... Um, the um, the Jack um, oh my goodness the name is escaping me um, the team that the milkmen own in in Kokomo the Kokomo team and so I reached out to their host family coordinator and got some tips um, they of course um, are are working with a different age group. So they're, you know, more the um, um, college, and this was more um, 
you know, our, you know, the American Association is an older demographic than, than that. But got a lot of great tips from her and, you know, went with it, started my spreadsheet and, and really I just, I, that's how it started, just a nice little spreadsheet and, but as I went on, I, I learned more um, by trial and error and by guys calling me and saying, hey, I'm allergic to cats and there's a big fluffy cat in the house and I thought, oh, well, that, those are some questions I should ask. <laughs> So do you start then with a player now by having kind of a questionnaire kind of thing, like here's some things I need to know, general information? Like how do you try to fit somebody into a, the right position? Yeah, so so today I do have a questionnaire that I have, um, I, I have both any new families coming in. Um, I have a questionnaire for them. They answer that. I also meet with them uh, and get to know them over, you know, sometimes it's an hour, sometimes it's two hours, but I meet at their home and I get to know them. And then with the players, I also send them a, a questionnaire that asks various things, allergies. Um, are they going to be bringing a car or not? Um, you know, I want them to tell me, something about themselves that, you know, do they like a quiet place? Um, are, they, um, are they comfortable in a house with children? And, and you know, when, when I talk about children, it's younger generation, you know, younger kids. And then there's um, teenage age. And then there's older. My kids are in their 20s. So, but... You know, ask them questions like that. What kind of foods do they like? Uh, are, are they allergic to any food? I don't want to put a, you know, a severe peanut allergy in a house, you know, that would have peanut butter, whatever. Um, so, yeah, so I asked the questionnaire, and, and that, that has helped a great deal uh, in, in matching that up. And, and sometimes I even call them. I'll call the players and talk to them and get to know them. I occasionally will drop on some of their social media, um, you know, just to kind of see what, what they're like. And you can, you can learn a lot from that. Has there ever been a situation where you were like, wow, I, I'm not really sure if this is going to be a good fit. And then after it came together, you were like, man, I really nailed it with that one. That was a good fit, better than I ever thought. Yeah, there, there has been a few times. Um, where I've been concerned that I won't be able to find the right family. And so I place them with the, the best that I have in mind. And, and usually I'm crossing my fingers, hoping it works. Um, and for the most part, it has worked out. Um, I, I, I now feel like I'm a... Um, you know, a matchmaker for baseball players and families. And I, I feel as of last year, I, I'm, I'm pretty good at it now. I'm, I'm really getting the hang of it. <laughs> now you talk about how, we, how you try to fit the players with the right family. 
when you got started, what was the vetting process like when you were looking for families to host players? So what we, what we did in that first year, 2019, um, was, was the first year, and the, the milkmen on social media put out calls for, you know, host families if they'd be interested, and I took that list, and, and I made appointments and called them and, and talked to them and went to their homes and, and went through all of that, and then I got a list of families that um, wanted, wanted to do this, and we're excited about it. And then um, that was the year the, the stadium, unfortunately, wasn't, um, you know, finished right away. So they were playing down in Kokomo, and the players were just coming. And so all of a sudden I was, okay, this player's got to go with this family and this one with this family. And, and it was a little bit difficult, um, and I was crossing my fingers. But it's really where I learned um, – uh, to, to really ask more questions and to get to know the players before they come uh, to, to make that, that match um, better. But, yeah, the families, any new families go through the same process that I've been doing. Um, I'm going to need a new couple new families this year. Uh, we had a couple drop out, and they drop out for various reasons, really. Uh, some travel uh, plans over the summer aren't going to align with, you know, being able to have somebody in their house long term. Um, some job changes, whatever that may be. Um, so, so I will have a few new families that I do have to interview um, starting up here in January and February. Since about 20 people listen to this show, you probably won't get any trouble for this, but has there ever been, did you, when you were looking for families, was there like uh, any situation where you you went and saw and just thought, um, no, I don't think this family's going to be a fit? You know, I don't know. Maybe uh, like yeah. they, they plan on making the players stay in like a cold basement or in so, a party so house or... Yeah, that's a very good, very good point. I have, um, I, I the, there's been a couple families on their um, questionnaire form that I send to them first, even before I go to their home, that have said, yes, we have a futon for them in the basement. Well, I know right off the bat, <laughs> excuse me, that's not going to work for me. Or the player, um, you know, I, it's, it, and that was part of the reason why I go into the house is, is to, to see what accommodations they have. And I write that down, um, you know, do, and I go as far as do the, the beds that the players are sleeping on have a footboard, Right. So I don't want to put a Jack Mahoney at 6'8 in a family with a footboard bed. That's how crazy I get involved in this. So, yeah, there's been families where um, none that I've been to, like none that I've been to their house and said, hey, this is not going to work. Um, but definitely some, there's been at least two that have said, yes, we have a, we have a you know an extra room in our unfinished basement that has a futon. 
when you have people that you know take somebody in for their for the summer, I, I would assume that you know I, you use the term a lot when you talk with Kevin and I about they're the they're the mom or dad, the whole family mom or dad. So I would assume very close relationships that the families build with these players themselves. Very very close. Um, you know we're you know these players are are mature men um and there are some who really don't need that mom or dad feel um and then there are others that you really feel that like you need to give them that um and and so it's 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 interesting but but we have, um, you know, ourselves. We are. We've been invited to weddings um, of our players. Um, there are one of our families currently has gone to the players' city um, where they live and have stayed with the players' family while they were traveling for a tournament. Right, so it it becomes an extended family, and and the parents of that player become your friends as well. You know, thank you for taking care of my son. Um, and and I just actually I was fortunate enough uh, to be um, in Cleburne for for one of the Milkman playoffs, and I did get to meet the mother of one of the players that I had, and. Um, that player, that player's mom just hugged me, um, you know, a good, good long hug and thanked me for, for taking care of her son um, in the summer of 2020 um, when it was a difficult year, right? So, yeah, they, it, it becomes, it becomes, it becomes another son, at least in my house, for sure. And many of the other ones. You know, and talking to managers, one of the things they tell us, Tammy, is the hardest part of this job is when you have to cut a player or send them off. Kevin and I think about a situation. Uh, there was a, a man who played in Kansas City a few years ago that Joe Kaffa Pietro traded to St. Paul. And after he traded him, I mean, Joe was just shook by this whole thing. And, and I'm kind of wondering from, from your standpoint, when a player gets traded or cut from the team, what, what's that like for you personally? For me personally, it's very, very hard. Um, it's, you know, and I, I've, you know, Anthony and I, I know how hard it is for Anthony, and I know, I know how hard it is for any manager because it's, you know, it's these guys' life that, you know, and, and their love. Um, and it, it is, it's very, very difficult. Um, I, I do, I, there's tears in baseball. <laughs> there's crying in baseball sometimes when that happens. I, I do get somewhat emotional and I'm, I'm a pretty tough cookie, but, but that, you know, that does, it does bite a little bit, but it's the business side of baseball. And, you know, we, you know, we're putting a winning team on the field and that player just may not be fitting into that, um, you know, that plan at the time. 
Now, I have a friend that uh, was a host family for a junior hockey team, and uh, they had a goalie as uh, living with them. And they said mm-hmm. on days where they said on days where he knew he was starting that night, he just sat sat in the basement alone, didn't talk to anybody, and just got uber focused. Have you had any starting pitchers on your team where maybe if you knew they were starting that day, you just tended to avoid them because they were just so zoned into what they were going to have to do that night? Yeah, the the um, the families that get pitchers, which there are a lot of them. Um, usually, there's quite a few, um, you know, pitchers. Obviously, it's like almost half the team, right? is pitchers, but our starting pitchers, um, they, um, most of them, from what I've gathered, they've talked to the family about their routine, so they're aware that I'm not just blowing you off, this is what I do, and I encourage that discussion of, you know, let them know. Um, I know one family They've gone out and they get his, excuse me, his Starbucks order that morning, you know, every day of his start. So they're helping out as well from his routine. But, um, yeah, it's interesting. You have, you know, you have different, different routines, even with the position players. I mean, I've, I've had, I've had situations where I've had to say, hey, so-and-so, can you come pick up so and so because you know his his car is in the shop or something? And he's like, well, okay, I I do this and this and this, and then I'll be able to pick him up, and then we'll go right to the field. But they're very routine. Some of them have very strict routines. I get it because if it's bowling night at our house. My wife knows that uh, hour or so before bowling that I have to go, I have to go sit in the bedroom by myself, listen to music, get myself ready. So I <laughs> totally get it. You don't get now, a one seventy five average by not having a routine. <laughs> yeah, bowling for me it's it's two or three drinks before I hit the lane. <laughs> <laughs> you know, for Tammy for. People out there that are listening and, and kind of wonder, why would a person want to be a host family? So when you've talked to, to, to families that have wanted a player to be with them, what generally is the feeling that you have of why somebody would want to do this? There are um, some families, <clears throat> we have a couple of them, that have actually played baseball themselves and have played in you know, the Northwoods League, the college leagues, and have had host families. And they themselves were very appreciative of that experience and now are able to give back again. So they want to do that. Uh, There are people um, who have just the extra room and maybe empty nesters for the first time and want um, and don't necessarily want it to be that quiet. It's sort of a, you know, a way to kind of slide into um, empty nester. Um, I know that, that the Monarchs, um, Kansas City has had, um, you know, their, their host family program is, is probably one of the best. And most of the people that 
are there are retired or um, and they have a lot of time. Um, they bake for the team, um, and and so that's their way of you know giving back and staying involved. And that's the other thing too. Some of these families um, have baseball kids themselves, so you know it's a good way for their kids to see somebody at a higher level working towards a goal of you know whatever their goal is whether that's to get back into the MLB or or whatever it may be um but yeah so it's there's a lot of different um reasons um for me it's really the love of the game and I have room and I love baseball and yeah I mean it's just it's it's an easy decision. Now I don't mean to cast any uh, shadow over you or something, I, I, but I think Kevin and I got to learn uh, that you're quite an intensive Milwaukee Milkmen fan, <laughs> as we noticed during the playoffs. <laughs> is that uh, is this kind of have you always been this way about your teams, or this is a whole new level for you? Um, no, I am when I. I no, this is not a whole new level. I am this intense um, about um, all teams that I follow, um, which mostly um, is baseball. I, I'm a very avid Milwaukee Brewers fan and have been um, since 1976, which is when I went to my first game at County Stadium. Um, but I've also... I've been to 25 of 30 MLB stadiums. I was supposed to finish them all in 2020, um, but of course that didn't happen. Um, last week, however, I did schedule um, three of the stadiums that I need of the five already before Milkman season, and then I'll get the other two after Milkman season. So I have it strategically planned, but yeah, I'm 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 fairly intense um, when it when it comes to the team and and baseball and just I, I you know my love language is service, so I I want to help. I just whatever I can do. You know, you didn't get to go to those parks in 2020, but you did get to go to the birdcage, so that's got to feel be a feel about the same, right? I did get to go to the bird's cage, and I can tell you that the American Association and those, uh, was it six teams, right? Six teams? Yes. Um, yes. You know, those six teams and, you know, what they did to start that season in July um, and have baseball in person in, in, in most cases um, saved my summer um, and my mental health, um, being able to watch baseball at the level we were watching at, watching it at was absolutely incredible. Um, you know, the players that we saw during that season were, you know, outstanding. Um, not that we don't see that outstanding play every year, but it was, you know, I think it was extra special in, in 2020. Um, but, yeah, it was, yeah, and the birdcage was great. Um, I've got just a couple more um, I have Winnipeg, um, um, gosh, I can't even, 
think there's three that I still have, three or four in the American Association. So I've been doing pretty good with um, getting to those fields. So 25 major league parks, what, what's been your top five? five so, top five favorites. Yeah, so everybody asked me that, and, and really um, I put them into categories. So, so, you know, you go to Wrigley and you go to Fenway and you have the same, you know, even just talking about them, you have chills, right? So, you know, I enjoyed being at those stadiums. Um, the, one of the parks that I didn't think was going to be as nice um, as it is is Detroit. Their new park is, is beautiful. San Francisco um, is beautiful. Um, PNC, um, gorgeous. Um, I am, <coughs> um, I almost said Miller Park, but AmFam Field, um, of course, my, my home field is one of my favorites. But No, you can one, call it Miller Park. I will. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I always, when I check in, when I check in at the ballpark, I, uh, I, you can still check in at Miller Park, and I always do. But it, it was a problem when, when, you know, I had to give up County Stadium. I mean, that was where I grew up. I, I you know, went to games. I have two younger brothers, actually, but my, my dad um, is a, was, he passed away quite back in 94, actually, but I went to all the games with him. I, I was fortunate enough that, you know, he took me with him to the 82 World Series. Um, and he really taught me about the game and, and the, you know, he was more of an analytical player or, you know, mind at that time. And, and so um, he's really the reason that I love baseball as much as I do. Now, I know you were very passionate about getting into the spot, but if you wouldn't mind sharing with us here and our fans out there, um, you explained to Kevin and I that there was one member of your family who wasn't particularly happy about you taking this job. Yeah, yeah. Um, so my husband um, thought I had a little bit too much to do already, um, and and so, you know, he, he uh, you know, he thinks I'm crazy, and and you know the things that uh, that um, I I like to do. I love to do it. It makes me feel you know good, um, you know, for the team. There, you know, normally host families really they're not responsible for carting around players, picking. You know, it it really is the team has to come together and you know guys with rides and stuff. But I'll pick guys up at the airport and Scott just sort of looks at me and, and says, you're crazy. You're absolutely crazy. But, um, you know, I, I've been the one that, you know, said, don't worry, I'll take care of it. You'll, you know, don't, you know. But he, he likes it too. He, uh, one of our players this year, um, I, him and the player, my husband and the player, um, they had quite a relationship golfing. Um, and um, occasionally now he'll say, well, you know, so-and-so text me. And I said, oh, really? And I'm thinking, you know, normally the guys are texting me. <laughs> so he's come around a little bit. He does like it. Um, he doesn't, um, 
he's not all for when my two older sons move out. Um, at that point, I could take up to four players, and he doesn't think that that's a good idea. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Probably so, not. I'll, no, yeah. So when you're hosting a player, you know, I had a discussion with Steve Hamburger, whose son Mark played for, pitched very well for the St. Paul Saints for many years, and he said that he generally wouldn't talk to him right after a game. But the next morning, there were times where he would sit down with him and say, okay, Mark, okay, what, what happened last night? Do the players rehash games with you at home, or do they leave it at the field and not really want to talk about it? It, it, really, it really depends on the player. There's, there's players, you know, I, I, one of the players um, who's not with the Milkman now but was um, in 2019, he talked, um, you know, with his host dad, if you will, about the game um, when he got home. Um, and they would just, and then they would get into other baseball, right? And so it really depends on the player. There's some days where, um, you know, the, the players come in and, and I know, I mean, I go to every game and I watch every game. I know when they don't want to talk. I know when they're going to go. I can feel it. Um, so that. And that's me personally. I, I can, you know, I feel, um, you know, they're, how they're, you know, whether they want to talk or not. So, but yeah, it depends on the player. Some of them love to talk baseball off field, and some of them would much rather, you know, listen to their music, do a little gaming, you know, watch their, you know, whatever Netflix series they're watching. Um, at the time, and, and a lot of them spend a lot of time after games talking to their own families, their wives, their girlfriends, their fiancés. Um, so, yeah. A, a personal favorite player of mine, Logan Trowbridge, decided to retire. Now, a guy I have a lot of respect for. Uh, I know you got to know his mom very well as well. Uh, wh yeah. What are your thoughts about Logan and his time with Milwaukee? Um, Logan is just, a, you know, he's just an A-class, um, you know, player and overall human being. Um, he, um, it, it, I mean, he's doing very well in Australia right now. Um, so does he come out of retirement? I don't know. I, I maybe, um, but yeah, he's just great, and and he is the version of the the baseball player living for his dream and and playing to what he wants. Right? He you know he he was struggling a little bit in the beginning of this season, and you know he wanted to figure out why so bad that he you know he flew home. And, and then came back, and after he was home, talked to one of his hitting coaches, came back, and, and that was it. I mean, he was, he was killing it after that. So, you know, he, he's, just a, he's just a great human being and a great baseball player. 
Very true. A disappointing end to the 2022 season, but a lot of exciting moments. Personal highlights for you from this past year? Yeah. Um, I, 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 the, that whole series against Fargo was, was great. Um, uh, you know, the outcome, as you've said, is not, you know, in, in obviously in Milwaukee's favor, but uh, it was, it was a hard fought series. Um, and, uh, you know, d- disappointing at the end. Uh, I feel bad for the players. Um, but, but yet, you know, I go into a game and it's likely that I know players on the other team. And in this case, I did. I knew two of the, the Red Hawks very, very well um, from their play in Milwaukee. And um, so I was happy for them. And, and, and all I ask for when I go to a, you know, a baseball game is a good game, um, a good, solid game. Um, and, and we had that. We, you know, Milwaukee had a few errors um, that, you know, were possibly, you know, part of, part of the outcome. Um, and that's hard. That's, you know, that's one of the things that, that, that's real, you know, difficult is to see, you know, plays like that, um, you know, uh, have, have a different outcome for the game. You got to know these guys very well. And, I, and I'm wondering, when you, you had a championship team in 2020, when, do you feel like you're going to see a lot of these guys come back next year wanting to try to, you know, right the wrong, I guess, so to speak, and, and get that championship for the team? I, I, I think so. And, you know, I think, too, the, the, the players that I've seen that we're bringing in now, um, that's another thing that I do. You know, I look at their stats. I look at where, you know, I try to see, you know, where they played, you know, find, you know, I, and I go back to high school, right? I'll go back to, you know, where they went to high school and, and read some of the articles on, you know, what, what they did there and, and, and their college careers, et cetera. So um, I, I really think, um, you know, Anthony and the, the front office, they, they, they really put together, um, you know, strong teams. Um, I think in, you know, in, you know, in 2021, I think the team was very strong, you know, so strong that I think we lost, you know, five players before the season started um, that were picked up. It could have been more than that. It could have been a few less. But, you know, that, that's, you know, always, you know, you know, we're seeing that too. We'll have a good player um, and, and then they get picked up. But, um but I, I think the fight, if, if some of them were thinking about retiring, <coughs> excuse me, they will, um, they will not and want to come back. Now, as a fan, the Milkmen have been around for four seasons. Win a championship in 2020 make it to the playoffs, lose the one-game playoff in 2021, and get within a 
game of the championship in 2022. So, I mean, that's pretty impressive for four years. But as a fan, is it to the point now where the expectations are going to be every year to win a title or else? Well, you know, as a fan, I expect I expect a winning season, um, you know, that, that this is their job. I mean, you've, all, you've got to do your job well. Um, and, and so, so yeah, I, I mean, the expectation is that, you know, they'll bring good players in and, and that we will be winning and it'll be exciting. Um, you know, the, the American Association in general, you know, there's a couple things you need, you know, you need a winning team, you need a great, um, in-game entertainment, you know, to bring these fans in, um, you know, to, to maintain, you know, going. And as you bring more fans in, I think the team, you know, starts to play better as well. So, um, yeah, my expectation is that we're, you know, we're going to be in the top three always. Top, I mean, I, you know. Not that I'll stop I'd like to come back. if we're in the, in the cellar, but... <laughs> I want to come to the fan part with you, Tammy, because one of the things Kevin and I are always concerned about is, is seeing dwindling attendance numbers occur, especially with certain teams. And how do you feel the fan base has really responded to this team, especially considering they are in the playoffs every year and sometimes play, you know, fans get a little bored with that, so to speak. Is it, is it a fervent group? What's your overall take on fans there in Milwaukee? I think the fan base in Milwaukee is, is, is fairly strong, um, you know, baseball, um, beer, and bowling, I call it the three, the three Bs are, you know, you know, pretty, pretty high on everybody's list here in Milwaukee. And, and I think having an affordable place to watch baseball, um, and Franklin Field is unbelievable um, in and of itself, just you can bring all ages there. Um, you know, you can watch baseball while the, you know, while the kids are, you know, at, you know, sitting on the hill or rolling down the hill or, or whatever that may be, or, you know, trying to find, you know, or trying to hunt down the, the, the foul balls. And, um, but it, it's increased. I mean, you know, obviously there was 2020 and, and, you know, the first year it was a little bit harder because I think the, the stadium not being done, um, uh, you know, on time. But, you know, the, the attendance has increased um, significantly over um, the last couple of years. And in 2020, um, you know, for what we could be, I believe we were at that near capacity a lot of the time. Um, for what it, you know, what it was, but it's, it, yeah, and I think it's growing. Um, I don't think having the dot counts, um, I think having the dot counts actually helps us, um, more so, um, you know, we weren't getting probably that West group, um, you know, West of Milwaukee out where, out where, um, the dot counts are, but now having them and, 
you know, starting maybe that, you know, Wisconsin rivalry a little bit, um, we'll get more of those West fans coming, you know, to watch us at least, um, you know, during, during those games. But um, I'm looking at the attendance, you know, increasing even more just with what's around Franklin Field. It's just in ballpark commons itself. It's, it's quite the facility. If, if uh, people haven't been there, they need to go. Are you feeling more of a kinship or more of a rivalry with the dot coms thus far? You know, it's it's hard because you can trash talk them if you want. That's fine. <laughs> I I wouldn't trash talk any 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 team at any point any player. Um, I have I have respect for for you know for all the players, all the managers, um, but. I I see that there, you know, I I see that it could become more of a you know a, a rivalry. You know, I you know they're they um, you know won the series, if you will, um, against us, um, and I I I don't see. I guess I don't know that I see that happening again. Let me so, talk a little bit of trash about you guys coming in. How'd you feel about yeah. that? Well, that's the thing. I mean, I you know, I I, I I don't know that you know. I think some of that banter back and forth is great, and you know, some of the things that the teams have done, um, you know, and how teams respond. I think you know how teams respond to that is you know says a lot. So, um, yeah, it's going to be an interesting season. I haven't. Um, you know, uh, I actually just pulled up the transactions while we were talking here, and I, you know, I haven't, um, I haven't um, seen a lot of, you know, transactions that that uh, that Lake Country has has done um, so far. I know a lot of their players, um, you know, are you know some of their players are playing in you know in Mexico and South and. Um, you know, so that'll, it'll be interesting to see, you know, where, where that goes. Well, Tammy, Kevin and I really want to say thank you for joining us here tonight. Since you're a first time guest, this is a new uh, thing you have to learn here from us is that uh, we, we give our guests a final thought, whatever you'd like to talk about tonight, the floor is yours. Oh, well, thank you. I, it, it's been wonderful. Thank you guys for having me. Um, and I hope that, you know, you said maybe 20 listeners um, enjoyed learning about, you know, host families and, um, you know, what what uh, we do as host families. And, and for me, um, I love the game of baseball. I think the American Association has done wonderful things in in the last, you know, couple of years. Um, and I'm really looking forward, um, you know, to, to the season um, coming up here. Uh, you know, when it was over, I said, oh, no, now I've got to watch football, which I don't mind. But <laughs> I start the countdown, you know, um, both for, for um, the MLB and, and my American Association teams. But I'm really looking forward to this season and, uh, you know, good things from Milwaukee, so. 
Thank you guys Excellent. a lot for having me on. Excellent. Tammy Sikarsi, thanks for joining us this week. All right. Yeah, thanks for thank doing you. this. Well, Kevin, great having Tammy on tonight. And it's interesting to always learn different perspectives and, and roles that people have in the league. I think it is, and I'm, you know, we've had, um, we've had Jennifer Andrici on to get the Fargo perspective of a whole family in her case, photographer too. And I think it's always good to, to see, you know, the, the look at, look a little bit behind the curtain and see how other aspects of the baseball organization are ran. And it's always interesting to hear how everything comes together every year with the host families. You know, for for fans out there, about four or five months ago, Kevin was sort of half kidding, but was being serious about it too, talking to me about uh, having like grounds crew people on or whatever. And, you know, it, it's the people that do all the stuff behind the scenes that make American Association Baseball go. I know we talk a lot about players and the commissioner and, and deputy commissioner and managers and coaches and things, but it's people in the front office, those people out on the grounds, those people hosting families and those, all the kind of stuff that make American Association Baseball go. If it wasn't for them, we, we wouldn't have this American Association Baseball, really. So um, great to talk to Tammy. And uh, we might have to have that groundskeeper on here pretty soon, Kevin. I say beer vendors, ushers. Well, I mean, let's, 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 go, let's go all the way with it. I mean, we I, have, I we have right. we've had an umpire in chief, so we got umpires taken care of. You're right. Yeah, you're right. You're right. So we need to we need to dive a little deeper out there. You know, I don't think mascot. we've had a an in we need to have a mascot or in game MCE. Uh, well, we've had John Gaskins on. John would. Fill oh, you're away. right. We did. Yeah, you're right. Yes, you're right. So we did need a mascot. So uh, we'll have to start talking to somebody about coming on here. And I, I, well, mascot, mascot, I don't know if any mascot, mascot in character. <laughs> they can't be talking. I'm liking it. <laughs> I'm liking it. Let's roll with it. Well, Kevin, let's talk a little bit about what's going on around the league right now. And, and the big news, and I, first of all, I got I to gotta pass Josh Buckholz on the back because they did release this today. No, no, we're going to be on the air tonight. So the American Association makes a, an official partnership uh, with the Australian Baseball League. They hinted at this a couple of years ago about having Australian baseball streamed on American Association TV. Um, but now it looks like they're going to be doing a whole bunch of things in terms of cross-linking between the two. And, uh, you know, good to build international connections like that. You know, that was my first thought, too, when I saw the saw the news break. Like, for once, they did a, they did a news drop on a Monday before we recorded the show. So uh, thank you guys up in – up in the league office, we do appreciate that, so that we're not like a week and a half behind on the news. So, but I think it'd be a it should be a pretty interesting and mutual mutually beneficial arrangement. And you know, maybe we'll see more of a taste of um, Australian um, players playing in the American Association. We've had guys here and there, but with the uh, additional exposure to potentially coaching staffs of American Association teams, maybe maybe we'll have um, some Aussie imports um, dotting the rosters of the American Association teams as we approach next season. 
And as Kevin said to me before the show, you know, we, we already know a lot of American Association baseball players travel down there to, to play in Australia during winter ball. We talked to Jim Bennett, who was coaching down there. So uh, it's it's not a new thing. There's a lot of connections out there. And I, and I hope, like you're saying, Kevin, that we get to see it come back the other way because great to see some of, the, of these Australian players playing here in the American Association. You wonder if they will almost – do I don't know how many teams we got in the Australian league. I, I don't don't know if there's twelve or not, but let's just say there was. It would be neat to just have the teams as like partner teams, where guys, let's say um, Brisbane and the Chicago Dogs were partners. That any dogs that want to play in Australia would be a property of the Brisbane Bandits and vice versa. I think that would be a pretty neat setup. That's a great idea. Currently, eight is what I'm looking at right now. But uh, you know, it, it, um, if, if the league's able to expand a little bit out there, that's a sensational idea. Yeah, so maybe, they maybe have, you a, have shared line affiliations. Of yeah, you can it's have a line of stockade in Brisbane. How about that? <laughs> We're gonna find a line of stockade everywhere, Kevin. We'll make that work. <laughs> uh, let, let's see. Uh, tra- looking around and transactions going on out there. So. Uh, Kane County signs, I think, no, we didn't talk about this last time, signs right-handed pitcher Ryan Richardson. Uh, Ryan uh, started out primarily in kind of middle relief for them, even served in the closers role a little bit last season. So uh, good to see him coming back to the club out there. He's a fine job for them. Uh, Gary, very active so far here, Kevin, as they sign uh, Carlos Martinez, or trade for Carlos Martinez from Trois-Rivières uh, for Ryan Campbell, Nick Garcia, and Nate Scanlon. I've got to admit, Nick, Nick Garcia was kind of a stud for the Railcats last year. I was a little surprised to see him dealt away already. What I thought was interesting with that is that um, Gary Southshore, as we were talking about how they want to be, they don't want to, they kind of want to shed the label of being a rookie-laden team. Uh, they went out and traded some young guys and brought in a veteran, so maybe that's going to send a message that, hey, you know what, we're, we're serious about this here. Absolutely, bringing a big-time catcher out there. So uh, um, that's a that's a huge deal. Plus, they also added in that trade. I got to get back to here. Uh, Emmanuel Tappy, I believe, is that's the way that said. So um, fantastic, great, great to see them getting excited out there and making some moves early on. And, and uh, in addition, Kevin Jabari Henry returning back to Sioux Falls. Yeah, the legend lives on, and you know he's. That's what I like about this league. It's not. 100% roster turnover every year. You get these guys that become legends within the markets that they play in. You know, we saw it with Reggie Abercrombie in Winnipeg, and you see it with, um, or saw it with Nate Sampson in Sioux City until he was dealt um, or released late in the season. But um, Jabari Henry will be coming back for another year and soon falls. And I, have a, I saw another interesting thing, too, where John Silviano is going to be coaching baseball up in Fargo, so you have to assume that Silviano will be back with the Red Hawks again. That's a, a pretty good observation, I think, Kevin. So, so tell me, Jabari Henry, top five American Association player all time, even around the whole time, top ten, what would you give him? I'd say top ten for sure. Okay, I agree with you. I'll put up some huge numbers, had some great home run numbers out there, and uh, 
and a huge favorite out there in, in Sioux Falls. And I believe that was also serving as the hitting coach last year for Mike Meyer. So um, obviously looking toward the next phase of his life as well. So congratulations out there to Jabari. Glad, glad to see you back. We're going to have to have you on the show for sure. Uh, out there in the Frontier League, let's skip on to the Titans uh, with Bobby Brown now as their manager, named the rest of their pitching, uh, excuse me, their coaching staff, Anthony Markle as the hitting coach, Tom Carcioni, I believe is the way you say that. Uh, Tom, I feel, is, was an American Association guy at one point. Does that name, name ring a bell? He has been involved on and off of the American Association for pretty much the entire existence of independent baseball. Carcioni was a catcher for the Sioux City Explorers way back in like 1994, 1995, if I'm not mistaken. That's why you always go to, to Kevin Loco. You're going to find out good information there. So, awesome. Well, so glad to see he's uh, going on with Bobby Browning. We're going to have to have Bobby on here in a few weeks and talk to him a little bit about uh, his new gig and how he's feeling about that for next year. So, awesome. Uh, no big news otherwise in the Frontier League and Atlantic League's got nothing going on of any significance of the, uh, that I saw out there, so um, we're okay with that. And I think that that is it for independent baseball. Uh, I, I, Major League Baseball's going out there with all the trades and free agency stuff going on and um, that you can go out and find some, from somewhere else. And, and I think that leads us to the, the Kevin Lugo final thought. You know, this morning I was thinking about how we're fortunate in this league that there are some teams that are a very short drive from each other. And I thought, why don't we start seeing home-and-home doubleheaders? And I reflected the stories I've heard back in the 40s and 50s, there were doubleheaders between the old St. Paul Saints and the Minneapolis Millers where play like a day game at one ballpark, um, hop on the train, ride across and play in the other. But it's just with the way baseball is now, I don't think you can pull that off anymore when you think that all the work that goes into getting a ballpark ready for a game between the broadcasts and staffing, and even with, the, like, the players with, the, you know, having their locker rooms ready, I don't think you're going to find players that are going to be very agreeable to playing a ball game, hopping in the shower, maybe, <laughs> and getting on a bus, driving, like, a uh, half hour, 45 minutes um, just to put on the opposing jerseys and uh, do it all over again. So... You know, it'd be, it's fun and embryo to think about that, but I guess it's um, this day and age where there's just so much effort that goes on to putting on a ball game. I just don't think we'll ever see it again. That is a very interesting observation that I wouldn't have thought of, and uh, it is true because, uh, you know, just the, the logistics of, a, of the broadcaster tearing down all their sound equipment and then putting it on a bus and then going out there and resetting it all up to get ready for a game. You know, you're probably talking about an hour and a half of work. So, um, yeah, that's a very good point. I like the idea, though. That would be fun if they were doing something like that. 
Yeah, it's just not not the old days, though. <laughs> no, no, it is not. Well, Kevin and I want to thank Tammy Sikarski for joining us next week because it would be officially the, the Monday before Christmas. Cleveland Railroaders broadcaster uh, Brad Allred would join Kevin and I for our traditional pre-Christmas show, and we love having Brad on for this. Yeah, it's never never boring if it's old, that's for sure. Absolutely. He's always got good things to tell us about what he got for his wife. So we get the we get the the end before uh, she gets to see with the president. I, we haven't spoiled that, I don't think, yet. So good to know I don't we're think we have, but in the, the folks listening, um, all 20 of them, <laughs> can um, <laughs> get their predictions in this week as to exactly what will Brad already be buying Misty for Christmas this year. Absolutely. We, we had Louis Vuitton a couple of years ago, and uh, what, what did he get her last year? I can't remember. I hand. forget, but I, I forget, know. but I'm guessing, I'm guessing car this year. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Well, once again, we want to thank Tammy for joining us this week. For Kevin, uh, I am Rob, and we will see you next time on This Week in the Association. <laughs>